a thousand years from now, mm -hmm. you could create robots that could go into space and could yeah. carry on your civilization, not with you as individuals, but at least your Message. technology, yeah. your you know your culture in a sense. Yeah. Is AI the, could continue. Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah. But we probably would have seen that too. So well, that yeah. tells you again that that lifetime of intelligent um, civilizations probably isn't very long. My name is Nick Nagaku and you are locked into Culture TV. For the culture, by the culture. Let's go. Chris, thank you so much for coming down today, mate. Sure, my pleasure. Um, yeah, let's jump straight into this. So um, for the viewers and, and listeners um, who, who don't know a bit, you know, your background, can you just give me a quick summary on, on, on your background, please? I'm from the United States and I did my education there, but I've been in the UK now for about 15 years. Yeah. And I am an astronomer and my degrees are in physics and astronomy. Yeah. And I worked at various places, including uh, California Institute of Technology, University of Nottingham. Now I'm at the University of Manchester, where I'm a professor. Why did you pick Manchester to come to? Well, Manchester is really one of the big centers for astronomy in the whole world. Really? Yeah, it is. We, we run um, some of the biggest radio telescopes and we're the headquarters for the next generation big, big radio telescope called the Square Kilometer Array. Yeah. Called, also abbreviated as SKA. Yeah. And uh, that's a Jordal Bank. Yeah. And which is not too far from here. Yeah, yeah, Jordal Bank. And it's, it's a really good place to do astronomy and uh, it's Manchester, which is a city I've always liked. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's 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 one of the cool spots, isn't it, Manchester? Yeah, I think so. How long have you been here? Uh, only about a year. Just a year. Yeah. So you're getting used to it. And how long were you in were you in Nottingham before that? I was in Nottingham for about fifteen years. Fifteen years. Yeah. Your accent's yeah. not faded in the slightest, no, has it? I know. <laughs> <laughs> how often do you go back to the states? Well, before the pandemic, I would go back a couple times a year, but I yeah. haven't been back now in almost two years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You're looking to get back after? Is it November they're changing the rules, isn't it? So you can... Well, as an American citizen, I can go back. Oh, you can go back anytime? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's only people who aren't citizens. Right, okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. So tell me about this new... So this new telescope that they're launching, it's the SQ... K. SK8. A, A, A. Oh, is it A? SK and the letter A. SK8. Okay. And yeah. um, what's different about this telescope? Well, it's very it's very large and has has a um, a very large collecting area, which yeah. means that it can see things that we we can't see now. Right. So it'll be able to do things that we can't do. It'll be able to detect signals that we can't detect. It'll be able to see pulsars and distant galaxies, and also the beginning of the the, the formation of galaxies and the formation of stars called called the the epoch of reunization. That's what yeah. it's called. There's a reason for that. It's a technical name, but just is where the first stuff is forming. Yeah. We haven't really seen that yet. And so the SKA will allow us to do that. So we currently believe there to be billions. Is it correct? Billions of galaxies out there? <laughs> I would say trillions, actually, because I wrote a paper on that. But trillions, yeah. Trillions. Mm-hmm. The size of the Milky Way. No, a lot of them are much smaller. The Milky Way is quite a big galaxy compared to the average galaxy, actually. What, so for context, what, what's the size of an average galaxy? The average size of a galaxy would probably be 
maybe a thousand, ten thousand times smaller than than our galaxy, but uh, but it but but in mass, not in size. Okay. So galaxies can can change a lot in mass, how heavy they are, if you yeah. want to think of it that way. But in size, how big they are, the variation isn't so much. So, when you say mass, do you mean what is within like kilograms? That? Yeah. So like how many stars and planets are yeah. within that galaxy? Dark matter. If you were to put yeah. the dark matter put them all into one big bag that would weigh x amount this galaxy would weigh x yeah. amount so it's not it's not weight is a concept we have on earth due to the gravity pressing down but yeah. it's proportional uh, that is it, it it's it goes with the with the mass right so, so your what, weight on the moon is different than your weight on earth but your mass is the same yeah it's a yeah, fundamental yeah. unit of just how much matter you have right okay so if we're saying that um the majority of galaxies out there are a thousand to ten thousand times smaller than the Milky Way. Um, for context, what 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 would be the mass of the Milky Way? Well, in in astronomy, we like to measure galaxies' masses and units of the sun's mass. Okay. And so the Milky Way's mass is somewhere between uh, in exponential units about ten to the eleven to ten to the twelve. Right. So ten with a exponent yeah. on top. Yeah masses of the sun and that's about a billion sorry a trillion i'm getting mixed up a trillion solar masses we call it so, so a, a trillion, trillion suns suns in the milky in way yeah about that yeah wow and then so okay so in the milky way we're looking at a trillion suns so that's a billion billion suns is a billion billion a trillion sorry this is the american trillion so this is a thousand billion, billion. okay yeah. right let's run with that that's easier for me to understand. Yeah, a thousand, right. a thousand billion. A thousand billions a trillion. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let's run with that. Okay, so a thousand, so lots of suns. Okay, we'll go about there. So, and in relation to a not to a, what is a majority galaxy, how many solar masses would, would would you say are in that? So you've got ten to the twelve for the Milky Way. What would be the? Uh, ten million to a hundred million, which sounds like a lot, but that's still you know. Still much right. less than so a thousand billion, yeah. but I, I should be clear that this is not the number of stars. No, this like, is galaxies. This is this is no. This is the number of this is the the mass in this is the mass equivalent of right a trillion suns. Right. So some of that mass is gas. Some of it, a lot of it, is dark matter. Most yeah. of it is dark matter. Mm. And then you have lots of stars that are very low mass stars. So yeah. most of the mass of a galaxy is in low mass stars that are not like our sun. Our sun actually is, like our galaxy, quite a massive star compared to the average type of star right. you have. Most of the stars in all galaxies are very small, low mass stars. In comparison. Yeah. Okay. So, with there being trillions of these galaxies out there, that's, so you say trillions and multiples of trillions. Two. Two trillion. Roughly, yeah. And how how did how do we know that? This is something I worked on directly. So the, the the way that we know that is that we now have very deep pictures of the very distant universe, and we think we can see galaxies almost back to the beginning. Now we know we can't see all to the beginning, but we can see quite close to the okay. beginning of the first galaxies. And these are very deep pictures taken. That was with, fifteen billion years ago. Estimate. Well, 13.7, but around that, So that's the estimate, 13.7 yeah. billion, when they, they believe the Big Bang happened. Exactly. Right, okay. Yeah. 
So how long after that big bang can you see galaxies appearing? Currently, we can see them about 500 million years after that. Really? But nothing before that. So there's a time... That's still... Yeah, it's pretty good, right? Yeah. <laughs> but between beginning of the Big Bang and 500 million years, we have no observational information about the universe. Wow. So we don't know. And that's a very important time because that's when everything started really forming. But we don't have any data on that yet. Do you think we ever will? Oh, yes. This is what the SKA is going to do. And this is what the James Webb Space Telescope, something that I'm very involved with, will do as well. And this is going to be launched in December. It's a new yeah. space telescope, the successor to Hubble. And it will probe what we call the dark ages, that yeah. 500 million years that we don't know anything about. Yeah. The beginning of galaxies, the yeah. beginning of stars, the first structures to form these telescopes will tell us about that epic. So wow. we really will. It's a very exciting time because this is the the time in history that we will know what happened in the first hundred, hundreds of millions of years in our, in our universe. And that's only going to happen once. And so in the next five years, we will have really? five to 10 years, we will have answers to these wow. questions. Yeah. And I think I, I've got a fairly good understanding of this. Or oh, I mean, for this, a youtube researcher but um for people who don't sort of get this subject that much would i be right wouldn't would a fair explanation of these telescopes be that they are almost visual time machines in that you are looking into the past due to the fact of how long it takes for light to travel through time from point a to point b so it would take 10 billion light years for light to get to us and that's what we're seeing from 10 billion years ago is that is that correct absolutely correct yes yeah uh -huh. okay good well um um wow so we're actually looking back to the very beginnings of of what we believe created the universe what what do you believe created this the universe and do you believe there's more than one yeah, those are those are big questions. They're big questions. Right? Big yeah. questions on this show. It's a big question show. So I wouldn't say I believe in any particular thing, mm -hmm. but there are certain ideas that I think are are worth considering. Yeah. Let's say. So there's the the multi universe idea, mm -hmm. which is that there's some people think infinite number of universes. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that that's worth considering. Is there any evidence to suggest that? No direct evidence, no. Just theory. But there are various things about our universe which we have theories about how our universe became the way it is mm -hmm. that tell us there has to be other universes. What? So if that theory is true and it seems to work in our universe, mm -hmm. then that theory says that there are other universes. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's uh, it's a very powerful prediction, but uh, very hard to confirm because a distant universe is almost by definition not connected to ours. And so there's no obvious way to discover it mm -hmm. or communicate or whatever you want to do. Yeah. No, it's there. Yeah. So it's, it's a difficult problem. But many, many people who work on this take that very seriously yeah. and have, have developed many different ideas about it. So it's very, very popular. It's even comes about in, in uh, quantum mechanics. Yeah. Quantum mechanics suggests there might be multiple universes as well. So it's not just cosmology. So let's, let's circle back a little further through time. And so we get to the point of creation of this universe. There was a big bang. 
And so the, explain what this, I mean, I know people are quite aware of the Big Bang Theory that out of nothing, all of a sudden came something and there was a huge explosion that created everything that we have and it's why everything is still accelerating from this original explosion 13.7 billion years ago. Right. Is that is that a fair sort of primary school reflection on on, on more 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 or less yeah right. i think some people would would say that it's not something from nothing but that everything was at the same kind of location or the same so all of the un the, the universe's mass was pulled together yeah. into one point. you can think of it like that yeah and then right. it suddenly went so what so there was okay so what i'm trying to understand is if everything that's in this universe existed in one place 13 billion years ago is, is, is that is that the theory yeah mm -hmm. that's right and what was that one big giant star no it was much smaller than a star i mean it's infinitesimally small location in space where the laws of physics don't that we know don't don't work right that's the uh the basic idea and we don't really know anything about what happened if you want to think of something before that what happened before that or the exact is there any scientific theory behind around i mean obviously the the immediate thought is to go to to some kind of creator or it's where you you get onto more spiritual concepts i suppose but without going to a, a spiritual concept or lo looking at god or anything like that is there anything that science could suggest was there beforehand to instigate this Big Bang? There's no evidence for anything. There, well, there, more or less. There are some people who claim they see something, but it's very controversial. Right. In terms of... Um, see something as in what? Well, you have what's called the cosmic background radiation. Have you heard right. of this? This, yeah. is, this, is, this is a light, the first light in the universe, which formed when protons and electrons combined yeah and when that happens they emit light yeah so that was the first time the universe was cool <clears throat> enough such that that electrons and protons could com combine to atoms the first atoms hydrogen yeah. essentially when that happens you get the release of energy and yeah. that is light and we can see that light and that's called the cosmic background radiation and that happened about three hundred thousand years after the big bang okay that's relatively well, that's pretty soon afterwards yes. in terms of a cosmic scale, right? Yeah, so, it's like the next day. We can see that, but 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 after that, we don't know what happened. This goes back to the Dark Ages until 500 million years when we can see things with Hubble. Right. So some people, going back to your question, some people think they see structure in that light, that mm. early light, which would suggest that there was a previous universe. So that's one idea, okay. is that the universe expands and then con contracts and then, and, and, then, and then continues. This is a cyclic universe. Yeah. And there are sophisticated theories that have been written down about that and how yeah. that works. And there's even popular books written about it. Yeah. So some, some people think that that's a possibility, that it just is a cyclic thing, that it keeps going. Yeah. But then you could ask, well, what started that? I mean, yeah. has that been around forever? And, yeah. And if it has been around forever, then what started know, why that? has it been around forever? Yeah. How can something be around forever? What does that mean forever? So yeah, you know, every a, question that you answer comes up with a more difficult question. Yeah. So what what I find what I've all found fascinating, but 
mind boggling is the size of the universe. I mean, we think of the earth, I mean, from our perspective, flying from, for example, Manchester to LA, we think of that as some sort of distance. We think of the earth to the moon, quarter of a million miles, whatever it is, some kind of distance, but this is nothing. This is absolutely nothing. Even the earth to the sun is eight minutes worth of light, right? Something like that. It's nothing on a cosmic scale. Nothing, yeah. And when you start thinking about, you know, a billion light years away, that's a billion years of light traveling at the speed of light to reach a certain point. I just find that just an immeasurable amount of distance. I agree, yeah. It's funny that when you work in this area, though, you sort of... Detached. You don't think, yeah, exactly. You don't think about these things in in such a, a philosophical way. You just sort of accept it as as, as it mathematics is what it is. and science. Yeah, and you just kind of treat the objects, even if you're looking at a galaxy, like I do, which is you know the light left thirteen and a half or thirteen point two billion years ago. That is that know, one you're studying at the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. So you, so when you are receiving information and data on that particular galaxy, how did, is that? Is that just coming to you in, because it won't be images, surely? No, it is, it is images. It's actual that's, physical that's often, images. That's often, yeah, how we see them. Mm-hmm. Wow. And what do the, and what, is there a difference in, in physicality to what image galaxies look like from back then to newer galaxies today? Yeah. So this actually is a topic that I'm, that I'm, that I study a lot. Okay. So I know a lot about this. Now, when I say images, you know, you might think you see this brilliant big picture of a galaxy like that, that, that on the wall. Yeah. But that's not how it is. It's okay. often just a tiny blob of light right. that has no structure at all. And this is almost always, but, but not always, but almost always from the Hubble Space Telescope, which yeah. can take the deepest imaging that we can do right now. Yeah. And so you see these things and you can see them in pictures. That's the easiest way to see them. Or images, pictures. I use the word interchangeably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a picture. Uh, these images, and you have to figure out how far away they are. It's not like you take a picture of it and you go, "Oh yeah, I can see already by eye that it's at you know yeah. this this early universe." You have to analyze the galaxy to determine that it actually is that distance away, and well, that how- takes some effort. And there's some uncertainty in that process as well. So th- this, this is a hard thing to do. So some galaxies that we think are at the edge of the universe actually are a little bit closer. Closer being like, f- you know, five billion years. <laughs> five billion light years away, which is still what? really far. But, but for people who study galaxies at the early yeah. universe, that's really not that far. Right. And so when you receive a blob of light in a, like you get sent this digital image, I imagine. Yeah. Lands in your email, blah, blah. Oh, we found a new galaxy. It's from the beginning of time and it's a little blob of light. What do you, what's the process then? Do you then look at how the light is splashing around or like how do you, how do you differentiate one blob of light from another? So, okay. So yeah, you asked another question which I'll come back to. So the blob of light, you can determine how far away it is because sometimes you can take what's called a spectrum of it, which is like you disperse the light of the galaxy into like a rainbow. Mm-hmm. Think of it that way. Yeah. And sometimes galaxies, um, even at these distances, will have what we call emission lines. Okay. And these are these are very identifiable 
lines of emission that come from just hot gas in the galaxy. Right. And so if you know what, if you see an emission line in the spectrum of a galaxy, yeah. and you know what is the wavelength of that light, then you can figure out how far away the galaxy is. The right. reason being is because the universe is expanding, right? right. We all know this in astronomy. Is that, is that, is that, a, is that official or is that a theory? I think it's pretty much official now. Right. Yeah, there'd be very few people who would disagree with that. Right. That the universe is expanding. At what rate? Well, it depends on when you're looking. But if you're looking today, the rate is, no, is known as the Hubble constant, which you may have heard of. Yeah. Um, and that tells you how fast space is expanding um, given a distance between galaxies. And the number is 70 around 70 kilometers per second per megaparsec, which is wow. a technical unit. So 70 kilometers per second. For every megaparsec. So the nearest galaxies are about a megaparsec away, maybe okay. a little closer. So what's that in every linear 70, terms? Sorry? What's a parsec in linear terms like? Uh, it's 3.18 times 10 to the 18 centimeters, I think. Although centimeters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. We use centimeters in astronomy. Uh, I don't know why. They, they use centimeters in astronomy. Yeah. Why? Uh, actually, I was debating this with a student today. I don't know why. Just like, let's make yeah. this more complicated. In, in physics, we used um, uh, um, kilometers, which well, would be more, but, but in astronomy, yeah. we use centimeters. I mean, I kilometers or miles would think would be, I mean, I'd say kilometers because at least it's a, a metric. Well, yeah, you want to stay on metric. Yeah, 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 miles is, doesn't make any sense. But uh, yeah. centimeters. Yeah. Good God. It's crazy, yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. I might as well do millimeters. <laughs> yeah. Wow, so how many how many kilometers to the nearest galaxy, would you say? Kilometers to the nearest galaxy? Oh, boy. This is a real quiz here. So the nearest galaxy is, well, it depends on what you mean by nearest galaxy. There's galaxies falling into our galaxy. Okay. So in some sense, they're, they're just approaching. Due to the expansion. <clears throat> so the thing is about the nearest galaxies is yeah. that they aren't expanding away from us because they're attracted by gravity to us. To us, so they they stay because we're bigger than bound them. to us. Right. Yeah, and so you have to go kind of further away to see the expansion right. of of the universe of galaxies going away from us. Right. But the nearest galaxies are about uh, I don't know two hundred fifty thousand. Um, uh, parsecs away and a parsec is about a couple light years so it'd be maybe about a million light light years and that's the closest one roughly about that yeah yeah one million light years maybe a little less than that but around there yeah that's relatively close i suppose in cosmic well terms. When you're talking about uh yeah uh, 10 10 billion yeah but the thing is we don't actually know if they still exist, what we see from one million light years ago. Well, I mean, yeah, I've that heard have been that a... before, but th it's true to some extent that, that, that you don't know for sure. Mm -hmm. So, but if you just look at scientifically, how could you make a galaxy vanish? Yeah. And, and you know, Does time years... even become relevant in this, once you get to this sort of level of thinking? It does, but only on very large scales. That's what I mean, but because we consider time in our 3D nine to five world as something quite important. But on this kind of scale where you're talking about, you know, 
massive, gigantic distances mm. with massive, massive objects and that are incomprehend, incomprehensible, incomprehensible. Sorry, on an Earth scale, yeah, it's actually you can't, you can't, you can't compare the, the two sort of. Yeah, the scale the scales are completely out of sync with each other. So what what I'm sort of getting at does time become irre- irrelevant almost? So when we're saying something's a million light years away, we're talking light years around 365 days around the sun, yeah. so we can understand it. Yeah. But really, from a universal perspective, I suppose that doesn't make it. That wouldn't make any sense. Very short time scales like that make little sense on the scale of galaxies yeah but if you're talking about like half a billion years or a billion years yeah. a lot can change right okay in that time so it's just because it's so large now yeah. now i should say that's not true for all parts of galaxies in the very centers of galaxies you have massive black holes and mm-hmm. the regions around those black holes is very small and so you can see variability we call variability changes in the mm-hmm. light coming from the centers of galaxies on scales of days mm-hmm. sometimes hours you can mm-hmm. see changes in the very centers of galaxies right. where you have a very massive black hole so if you look at a galaxy the whole galaxy won't change over you know millions of years yeah but the center of the galaxy can change very rapidly on the order of like i said days or weeks days or weeks yeah months uh yeah really yeah wow and um, why does every I know I'm just I'm quizzing you like a child here, but I'm finding it fascinating. So, what? Why does every galaxy have a black hole at the center of it? Well, that's one of the big questions in galaxies: is why that's the case, and there is no. Do you have a theory? Obvious answer. Well, if you think about how galaxies are forming, they they form initially from gas just collapsing. Yeah. And when gas collapses, you might think that in the very densest part in the center. Some of that gas collapses to the point where it's forming a black hole. Right. So that's one idea. And then you have galaxies growing with time, and they grow with time by accreting other galaxies, by accreting gas, yeah. which just surrounds galaxies, because there's gas between galaxies. There's yeah. lots of gas between galaxies. And that gas can fall into the galaxy. And some of the gas can go right to the center of the galaxy, and then it can feed that little black hole, which may have formed in the beginning when the galaxy first collapsed. Mm-hmm. And then you get over time, a growing black hole in the center that is growing along with the galaxy. Because we find that the weird thing about it is that the, the, the mass of that black hole in the center is uh, highly correlated. That is, it, 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 if it grows, the mass of the galaxy also grows, mm-hmm. such that the relation is very good. That if you have a massive black hole in the center, you have a massive galaxy. Mm-hmm. It's not random. Right. And, and how that can develop is something that is still a mystery. So people what, still talk about this a lot. What exactly is a black hole? If you were to explain it to someone who didn't know. Uh, yeah, good question. So a black hole really in its simplest terms is just something which has enough mass that, that it, it has a um, event horizon, which is a re- really bad movie, but also... I uh, loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a great movie. <laughs> that, that, that the event horizon is essentially where if you go beyond it, when I say you, I mean anything, yeah. including light, that it cannot escape. That the escape velocity, that yeah. is the velocity needed to escape, the gravity of the black hole um, is is higher than the speed of light. And if you have a velocity higher than, if you have escape velocity higher than speed of light, then nothing can get out of the uh, of the black hole. So that that's that's 
the most general definition of a black and hole. And where does it go? Where does what go? The light. It stays within the system of the... Uh, within the mass. The black hole, yeah. So they don't know what's through it. Well, they, is that, would there ever be... I suppose there would never be a way of ever finding out what's beyond that event horizon. Because radio signals or light would never be able to come back to the receiver. Not directly, no. I mean, you have some, some ideas from Stephen Hawking about black holes can evaporate. You have um, things like Hawking radiation, yeah. again from Stephen Hawking, where you have, you have things, you have um, virtual particles near the event horizon. And yeah. the virtual particles are where you have... Um, virtual particles. Yeah. So throughout space, at all times, you have virtual particles forming very rapidly and then disappearing. It has to do with the uncertainty principle, yeah. quantum mechanics where you can have a, a certain amount of energy within a certain amount of time, yeah. but these things are very small. And so you have like a particle and, a, and it's, it's anti-particle forming, and then they, then they, they basically recombine and, and, and vanish. But if it's near the black hole, you can, you can, you can, um, the black hole can sort of take one away but leave the other, so they can't sort of disappear because they can't annihilate each other. Yeah. This is, this is a basic explanation of what Hawking radiation is. And so that and evaporating black holes are some of the ways that you can perhaps learn, learn more about, about them. them and what's beyond them. That's right. And there's also ideas that black holes. Um, sometimes it's said that some, that black holes um, they have um, um, the same properties. Mm -hmm. The no hair theorem, I think it's called, where 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 you where you have black holes, they essentially are are in many ways identical. Right. That that it doesn't really matter. Um, how they got there or their history, but but if we're given for the same mass, so they have dif they have different masses, that's for sure. Yeah. So black holes can have a, a variety of masses. There's no question about that. Right. But beyond that, and some maybe a couple other basic features of a black hole that they're more or less uh, identical. This is again a, a theorem. So how long have you have you worked in this in this field for? Well, I'd say about twenty years. Twenty years or so okay so in in 20 years of of working in astronomy and cosmology yeah would you say in your experience there is is it all random chaos or is there patterns to it oh there's certainly patterns definitely it's it's all patterns more or less except when you go on the very small scale when you go to quantum quantum uh, level Mm -hmm. There, it's, I wouldn't call it chaos, but it's more of a randomness that you can't predict. Right. Which is the whole idea of quantum quantum mechanics. But everything out, but from <clears throat> a non-quantum <clears throat> perspective, it's easier to predict. There's a lot of patterns. There, there are many patterns in science, yeah. Would you, would you in your experience... Would you say that evidence points towards an intelligent design of the universe? I would I would say no in a traditional sense. In a traditional religious sense, perhaps, yeah. I yeah. would say no, probably not, no. What do you mean by a traditional sense, though? A traditional sense of in, in, intelligent design is that everything is put into place by an intelligence and is, 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 is designed that way. Like yeah. We are designed by um you know god or whomever whomever yeah. and that's why we are the way we are yeah 
Um, so I think very few scientists would think that even religious scientists yeah. wouldn't believe that. Yeah. And that, that, that's the case that it, you know, that we didn't come from an, a, a somewhat random evolutionary process from early, you know, life yeah. on earth. Yeah. Yeah. And I say semi-random because, you know, evolution is random in a sense that you have a, a random, randomness change in, in genetics and genes, which can produce advantages. But the fact that we have intelligence, the fact that, you know, certain animals have distinct abilities that make them survive better, like wings or yeah, eyes yeah. or, you know, hands and whatever, yeah. that's not necessarily random because that is an advantage. And so eventually you could think over billions of years that, that these kind of advantages would appear in some form. Right. So, but but the process itself, the day-to-day process, is random. But the net result is not so much. Right. Okay. So you would say that the evidence from from an astronomy perspective would say say that. So what do you do? You have any spiritual ideas on on how th- this all started? The the universe itself. Mm. No, really, no. I wish I did. So you've never thought like this place is so massive this is so much going on here that's so incredibly difficult to understand and figure out how did it all get here do you know what i mean yeah i do it's it's a good question and i have thought about it but i certainly don't have an idea an idea well, I, don't, I, I don't expect you to have the answer, answer you right wouldn't I mean, be on this show if yeah, you had right. the answer to that <laughs> i'd be somewhere else right now yeah you yeah. would uh, wouldn't be drinking tea but drinking uh You'd be champagne. Tr- yeah, you'd be drinking something a lot better than tea. Um, yeah, oh, that's good tea. Thank you very much for that. But this is what I find. Like, I think that I think what attracts me, and I think a lot of people to the to the concepts around space and astronomy and, and cosmology is is the is the mystery of it, and it is such. I mean, it's such a it's so beautiful out there, but it's so insanely hard to comprehend exactly what it is that's up, that's up there and down there and left and <laughs> and right of us which i think yeah is yeah i think you mean the ultimate origin of it all or, yeah i mean or like the why questions yeah there's the why question i think it's the why questions really i mean just for example going back to the beginning of the conversation we spoke about one trillion galaxy two trillion two, galaxies yeah two trillion galaxies now for me, that's just an. Ind- I mean, knowing that there's about a billion stars in each galaxy, on maybe, average, yeah, on average, something like that. I mean, that's just a phenomenal amount of matter. And then there's antimatter or dark matter, whatever it is, which I don't understand what that is. That Antimatter. Dark, dark matter. Oh, dark matter. Yeah, that's a whole. Yeah, that's a whole other. Does topic. anyone understand what it is? We know. We know quite a bit about dark matter. Yeah. Is it physical? Would, could you Many drive? people think it is, yes. So you could drive into it and crash? If it was dense enough, yes, sure. And does it have planets, galaxies within it that are dark galaxies, dark planets? We, know, we don't know for sure how it's structured. Right. That's what you mean. It could be diffuse or it could be structured. And some people think it's black holes that are very small black holes that formed in the early universe. That could be uh, a dark matter. Other people think it's, you know, like a diffuse sort of thing like gas right. it follows gas often in, in, in galaxies but uh, in terms of the particle of what it may is made of we don't know that really? that's really what people want to know is what is the particle that it's made of 
is it the black holes or is it some exotic particle that we just haven't discovered yet? And there's many theories about, about what that particle could be. And it, it doesn't emit light, does it? No, that's the definition of it, yeah. So there's no way of knowing really how much of it exists? No, we know a lot about how much of it exists. That's one thing we do know. How do we know that, though? Because we can measure the masses of, of galaxies. We can measure almost, in a sense, the mass of the universe. Yeah. And we know, we know how much mass it has, and we also know how much mass that we can see. Yeah. And so we, we can say easily that, okay, well, we know how much mass there is that we can see with our eyes, with our telescopes. Mm -hmm. But our, our, our measurements are telling us that there's a lot more mass there. Right, okay. So that's the idea. So dark matter really should be called invisible matter. Right. Not, it's not dark. It's not yeah. you know, black or something. It's like a dark cloud. It's, it's, yeah. it's invisible. So it if just, it, was in this it room, sounds more wouldn't. sinister, doesn't it? When it's called dark, <laughs> yeah. right? It sounds like, oh, yeah. the, the dark matter that we yeah. can't see yeah. that's planning and plotting against yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. But it's essentially, it's just it's invisible. Invisible matter. Invisible yeah. to what we know. Essentially. It's invisible to electromagnetic radiation. Right. Which is, you know, any kind of light emission like um just the visible opposite. light that we it's can the see. opposite of light well it doesn't emit light i wouldn't call it the opposite of light but it doesn't emit light so it's it's the opposite of something which emits light right in the sense that it doesn't emit light it doesn't reflect it either no light just doesn't notice it, it goes right through it. it doesn't bounce off of it doesn't so it goes right through it yeah mm -hmm. that's crazy so even if it was a even if it was dense enough to be physical, light would still go through it. Yes. That's insane. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> and what percentage of the universe do we believe to be dark matter? Well, it depends on what you mean by that. So we think the universe, and this is another topic, is around seventy percent dark energy, which is something completely different. And okay. then the rest is mass. Right. And then about one fifth of that mass is stuff that we know. So what's dark energy? So dark energy is is just as mysterious and the dark energy is 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 you think of it as the pressure which makes the universe accelerate. Right. So the universe we talked about it is expanding. Yeah. But the weird thing about the universe is that it's not only just expanding, that expansion rate is going faster. Right. So over time it's going faster and faster and faster. Okay. So, so that is why the pressure is it doing that from its original explosion. No, it's not, not necessarily. Oh, really? Yeah, because the original explosion, if you just you know, explode something like the universe, then it would, it would expand, 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 but it has lots of matter in the universe as well. Yeah. And the matter would eventually start attracting each, it to itself and the expansion would slow down. And yeah. then it would, if it's enough mass, contract again. Yeah. But what's happening is that even with this, this matter, the universe is expanding from the Big Bang, but it's accelerating even faster, even though there's this mass which is attracting itself, that it wants to go back. The mass wants to go the back, Big Bang but something else to slow down. It's keeping it going. It's expanding. In fact, for, for, for decades, astronomers were looking for the deacceleration, the slowing down of the universe. They thought it was slowing down because you have all this mass. The universe must be slowing down because all the mass is pulling, or, or sorry, attracting each other. But they so actually found the opposite. They found the opposite. And this is, this is why it won a Nobel Prize because it was such a big discovery. Wow. So God, what, what, what are the implications for that? That's, inc that's insane. So it's exploded and then something's gone, hang on a minute, let's keep going. Yeah. So it's almost... Yeah. 
there's a lot, a lot of theories about it. The, the basic idea is that space itself is doing it. And space has, you make more space and it produces a sort of this pressure, right. which is pushing out. That's sort of a general one idea of yeah. how, how, how this works. But there's still there's no evidence for anything as, as of yet. But technology is improving. So we're thinking the next five or 10 years, we're going to get answers yeah. to these, some of these questions. Yeah, there's many um, projects going on now to answer the question of, of the details of how that the dark energy is changing. And yeah. that'll give us some better idea of what is the origin. Yeah. And um, funnily, you're, you're the first... Um, person who works with space should i say who i've not even mentioned aliens to yeah I was gonna <laughs> we haven't even talked about aliens yeah, no, yet. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen you've seen the pentagon release papers i'm guessing yeah what do you make of that uh interesting stuff yeah i don't think it's aliens what do you think it is i think it's a, a mixture of just strange optical effects and but uh, it's physical it's physical objects that are about. No, I know, but some some of it is feet wide. the way you can interpret it, the way you can see it. Not all of it, and some of it might be things that that um, you know, the way that light and 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 water and different scenarios can interact together. That maybe it's in ways that we haven't seen before. Um, but that wouldn't create a physical object. That'd create a mirage. Wouldn't, wouldn't create physical objects, no. But they, they, they're giving off heat. So you can see something that can look like a mirage or something that could yeah, look oh like yeah. a physical object. I think, yeah, I totally, I, I totally agree with you on that. I think... That's what I mean, yeah. I think the, the sightings, that's... that I think that's... I'd just put them in the bin. So you can't say there's anything to... There's yeah. no evidence around it. Yeah. But what what what's strange is the ones that are giving off heat signature and doing pull it and they're, they've measured them they're like 30 feet they're saying the same the same size as like an f14 or something and they're pulling maneuvers that would destroy a human being within like the g-force yeah alone. i think you know more about these than i yeah. do to be honest yeah yeah look I into mean, it's it certainly certainly worth looking into i'd look at honestly yeah. chris it is and i'm not, I'm not saying it's to sound like a ufo not because i'm not I'm not a UFO nut, but I do find this stuff beyond, it goes, it, it's strange to say the least. Yeah. And the no, fact I, that the I, Pentagon I, I are releasing it to us, I think is a... Uh, I mean, you're a good example of this, is that, 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 that people, uh, humans are really interested in this topic. Yeah. And extremely interested in this topic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's contagious. Yeah. <laughs> and so as a astronomer scientist, you know, I think that we should, you know, not only just be aware of that, but yeah. should should discuss these things yeah. and and try to explain them in, as much as we can. Yeah. And to to hopefully and I, I for me, you know, get people interested in other areas yeah. of astronomy through Three people having an interest in this. what's happening in the universe exactly, yeah. itself, you know, exactly. aliens is is one is one part of it. It's probably yeah. part of that in yeah. some ways. What so, was interesting is that when I spoke to Eamon about this, um, yeah. I did quiz him on aliens. Um, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Quite, 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 quite a lot. But what he he said, which really sort of made quite a lot of sense to me, was that even though life on the planets is definite almost it's guaranteed it's still so rare on a cosmic scale 
Yeah. So the odds on it are almost guaranteed because there's so many yeah. planets, so many stars that... Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the issue with this is the lifetime of a civilization. So, well, let me back up a bit. There's two things. There's one is life itself, and the other one is intelligent life like yeah. us that can communicate and has technology. Yeah. Those are two different things. So life, just even just basic life, is probably not that uncommon. I yeah, would like guess. microbial life. Yeah, that's like probably that. quite common. It's yeah. probably quite common. But really, intelligent life—it's you know aliens. What we're just talking about things that people really want to know about. Yeah. Let's be honest. That's what people want to see. They want to see you know other intelligent creatures yeah. that uh, you know have you know you know a super iPhone or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to know what, what's going on. Yeah. And that is really difficult because of the lifetime of civilization the lifetime of these civilizations is probably not very long yeah long enough to get here well may <clears throat> maybe not i mean uh because if you think the stars are really far away yeah and and, and you know you even the close ones from a, a physical life perspective like life lifetime perspective 100 years we live for say you'd have to have intergenerational, <clears throat> well, linear travel <clears throat> is definitely not possible. Because you just, if you're traveling at any sort of speed, the tiniest little rock's going to destroy the ship. Or even yeah. if you got around that, the radiation, yeah. whatnot, everyone will have cancer by year sure. five. There's all kinds of technical problems. Yeah. Yeah. You'd never get there. So that's not going to happen. There has to be another way. And if there isn't another, and, or maybe when just not designed to meet other life in the universe, we're designed to, be exist in our own world and that's that because it does seem unless unless the like in that film event horizon that you like the uh <laughs> your favorite today? film is it on netflix <laughs> it is actually yeah. is it? Okay. um where they bend space time and if that i know that's a theory yeah i don't know if that's been proven to be possible at some point but well, there are many ideas yeah. about that. Well, but one one one, th one way of looking at this is what's called the Fermi paradox. Yeah. Have you heard of this? No. So the Fermi paradox. So Rico Fermi was a famous physicist who won the Nobel Prize, and he was one of the one of the people who invented the atomic atomic bomb. But anyway, one of the for us, one of the things that he did was he asked, well, if there are aliens throughout the galaxy universe where are whatever. they where are, exactly where are they why yeah. haven't we seen them yeah and that's really a profound question yeah. and yeah make yeah if you think about it this way our galaxy has existed since beginning of time more Roughly. or less we can see stars that are old as the big bang more really or less. yeah and so there's been stars in our galaxy for that long our sun though is only five billion years old yeah so the galaxy has existed for 8.7 roughly billion years before our sun even existed yeah and then it took five billion years for us humans to exist yeah that's a lot of time yeah and there's a lot of stars in our galaxy yeah. so if even one of those stars had invented invented developed a, a, a <laughs> life and developed you know human-like intelligent yeah. life you know five billion years ago a billion years ago a hundred million years ago yeah. whatever you know, million years ago even. Yeah. And, it, and, and if that life developed the same way that ours has, intelligent life, where, you know, we're getting better and better technology at a huge rapid rate. I mean, mm -hmm. look at where we were 200 years yeah. ago. It we're was pumping out different. signals into space constantly. Yeah. 
So think about how, how much technology we would have in a thousand years. Think about yeah. how much technology we would have in 10,000, a million years. Yeah. It's un unbelievable what we could do. So if, if something like us had existed back then, then they certainly we should have, would seen have seen, we would see something. Or detected a signal. Them. So it's a bad sign because it means that if either they never existed or they did exist, but they're gone now. Yeah. So that tells you that the lifetime, because we don't see them, that the lifetime of these civilizations probably isn't very long. Yeah. And you can understand. I mean, you look on Earth, look Earth at us, here, we've not look got at all long. the ways that we're destroying the planet, yeah. each other. <laughs> it's almost impossible to think that humans will be around in a million years. Sadly, I would um, agree. Yeah. But the thing is, is that, and I thought about this a little bit, um, is that you, if you, if you get enough technology, even, even, even maybe a thousand years from now, mm -hmm. you could create robots that could go into space and could yeah. carry on your civilization, not with you as individuals, but at least your Message. technology, yeah. your, you know, your culture in a sense. Yeah. Is AI could continue. Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah. But we probably would have seen that too. So well, that yeah. tells you again that that lifetime of intelligent um, civilizations probably isn't very long. But the caveat is that maybe they found a way that we just can't see it, right? That's always what someone Maybe it's in the dark, Ma. Yeah, maybe it's dark matter. Yeah, probably not, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be strange. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such a massive subject, this, and I feel like in, like, the 40 minutes that we've been talking, we've kind of, like, it's been, like, we've touched on every part of, like, astronomy and what it's... Is that I love these conversations because it's so eye-opening, and, and I think more people need to invest in this subject. Like, need to spend time and look into it. And I think there should be, yeah, man. I think it's a fascinating subject that I think it can only open people's minds more. And I think ultimately, once you start seeing the size of this universe and the size of of these galaxies out there, it makes you realize how insignificant and small we are, and maybe we shouldn't just be all warring and fighting and killing each other and having such petty divides over religious, political, economical, whatever concepts that we all find ourselves struggling and, and messing yeah. around with every day. Definitely, yeah. Well, thank you very much, Chris. It's been brilliant, mate. Yeah, my pleasure.